Hello and welcome to another episode of Heard It Through the Grooveline. My name is Will Bennett and I'm the founder of Grooveline Music Education. I'm here to help you know how to best support the musical education of your child, even if you are not musical yourself. At Grooveline, when the lesson ends, the learning doesn't stop. And as part of our commitment to a wraparound approach to education, this episode, I will be giving you my top five tips for supporting your children's practice routines at home. Hello everyone, episode number one. Um, if you're listening to this, then presumably you are a parent um, and your child is learning music at school or maybe outside of school as well. So I hope you'll find this uh, useful. It's always really great when a child wants to learn music or any instrument at all. The benefits are hard to quantify really. You know, it affects every aspect of life, education and development. Obviously, I'm really passionate about music education, but actually not just for the purpose of music. I think it's really important across all education and really filters into every subject and across every curriculum. And as a musician and a music teacher, I'm really excited when children want to learn an instrument because I know the experiences and the opportunities that they are about to have. And I know how fun that can be and how life changing to tell you a little quick bit about myself as you heard in the introduction I'm the CEO and founder of Grooveline Music Education prior to that I traveled the world playing as a professional guitarist as well so music's been a really massive part of my life and that's why I think music education for children is so important as a parent I'm sure you're probably excited as well when your child said oh I want to learn the piano or I want to learn the drums but it can also make you think well, how can I help my child learn the piano if I don't know anything about the piano myself? And that can be something that can be a challenge for parents. And I speak to hundreds of parents every week, and this is one thing that comes up quite a lot. And it's a big misconception that I would like to bust today and throughout this whole podcast series, is that to support your child's music education, you do not need to be musical yourself. And that's a that's a really good thing. So in this particular episode... I'm going to give you my top five tips for supporting your child's musical education and hopefully you're going to find them really really helpful. So let's jump in with number one. So top tip number one is to be their biggest cheerleader. So encouragement, patience and enthusiasm and really just constantly reminding them how impressed you are that they're learning an instrument. It's quite a journey to learn an instrument. It can be difficult. It takes many years. You know I've been playing maybe 18 years or just over 18 years on the guitar now and you're always still improving and it's overwhelming for a child to think that it could take that long if they're eight years old to imagine 18 years feels almost impossible really so you've got a massive part to play in their development so if you praise their effort that is really going to be helpful rather than praising their accomplishment so it's quite an important point and a good distinction to make if you can praise the core values and the motivations of music education rather than an end result that is going to have a better reaction so for example you could say you're really impressed with the amount of effort and the discipline they have chosen they have shown sorry and that they have chosen to learn this instrument rather than really praising oh i can't wait for you to be grade 1 for example which is more of an accomplishment based motivation it's also much more sustainable because as you get better and better those big breakthroughs get less and less frequent. If you think about the first two months of learning the guitar, for example, you're going to be having a massive breakthrough every lesson as you learn a new core skill or core technique. But by the time you've been playing for 10 years, perhaps 
it's going to take you a little bit longer in between those big major breakthroughs. And no one is born with ready-made instrumental skills. So anyone who does have them and who is really good at a musical instrument, they only got them one way, and that was through practice and dedication over a series of years. So actually, researchers found that if a child believes that they're either talented or not talented, they are likely to associate any future struggles in learning with a lack of talent, which is something that seems very difficult to overcome. So what would actually be better is if they would associate that with effort. So associating struggles as a proportional relationship with effort is a more successful way to achieve self-driven uh, motivation in the long run. So when we're discussing and you know being the cheerleader for, for our children, we really want to be focusing on the effort that they've put in because that's something they can manage. They can very easily increase the amount of effort. Whereas if we're focusing on talent, it can feel difficult to increase talent all of a sudden. So remember, you know, learning any new skill takes a long time. And so patience is really, really important. Okay, let's move on to tip number two. So this one is kind of related to the first tip as well. It's, it's to talk about, listen to and explore music with your child outside of their lessons. Obviously, they're going to be getting hopefully a fantastic musical education. If it's with Grooveline, then I'm sure it's fantastic. If it's with someone else, hopefully that's also fantastic. And really, what happens outside of the lesson is really important as well. And I'm thinking about here when I was a child. So I've got two brothers. So all three of us actually ended up with a music degree. And myself and my younger brother actually continued in to be a professional musicians as well. But my parents never really forced us to do music. And they're certainly not professional instrumentalists themselves. So I was thinking about what is it that made us enjoy music so much. And I really think it's what happened in the home, the way music was talked about, the way we were exposed to music. If you've ever watched an interview with a famous musician and someone asks them, so how did your journey with music begin? Quite often the answer is, at home my parents always used to play lots of music around the house and that seems to be kind of a, a common theme. So I'm thinking more that we used to watch School of Rock all the time. So we probably watched School of Rock at least a hundred times as a family, probably more. I can probably recite the film word for word as well and I just wanted to be like Jack Black and, and Angus Young who he was into imitating and I wanted to play the guitar I wanted to have a, an SG the children in the film they're about probably eight years old I was eight years old when I when it came out I think and it really made it cool and I, I wanted to do music and I thought music was something really really cool and I think that's something important if we can instill that into the children that music as a positive music is fun that's the most important thing that we need them to be thinking about so we really want to be encouraging that, you know, outside of the lessons, listening to loads of music, maybe even taking children to performances or, or gigs even as they get a little bit older. So there's a quote that I found on the internet while I was researching about this, and it's from someone called Jonas, who is the founder of a company called Low Key. And the quote goes like this, motivating your child by reward or punishment will stop working very quickly. Instead, help your child get curious about music and develop an inner desire to engage with music. And I think I completely agree with that as well. So that's why my second point is to talk about, listen to and explore music with your child outside of their lessons. Point number three is all about communication and really communicating with their music teacher. So that's both encouraging them to communicate with their music teacher, but also you yourself communicating with the music teacher. Having a great teacher-pupil relationship is obviously really, really important. And that child needs to feel comfortable to be able to ask inquisitive questions 
and maybe make themselves a little bit vulnerable and discuss something that they're finding difficult. That can be quite scary for a child to admit that they're finding something difficult. So encouraging the pupil to be confident and have that kind of conversation with the music teacher is going to be really helpful. But also, as a parent, you should be talking with the music teacher quite a lot as well. So one thing that we do at GrooveLine to try and help with this is we send lesson notes home every single week after the lesson. If you're a GrooveLine client, you'll know this. And you receive those lesson notes immediately after the lesson has taken place. So you know when your child gets home what's happened at school and you can talk to them and discuss with them and kind of reinforce that learning that they've had that day at school or, or during their music lesson at, after school as well. So it's really good to also to, as a parent, discuss the bigger picture with the music teacher. So what is my child working on and why are they working on that? What's the actual point of this lesson today? And it's not rude to ask that, that's completely fine. Um, every lesson should have a purpose and should be building towards, it's like each lesson is one stitch in a massive tapestry of musical education. And so what we've done at GrooveLine is we have developed what we call progress pathways. So if your child is learning with GrooveLine, they're on a progress pathway, whereby if you imagine like a family tree that has stems off in all different directions, we've kind of got this image in our head of when a child wants to learn, for example, the guitar, they're at the top of that family tree and it can stem off in so many different ways and all those different branches, we've got lesson plans, we've got resources and the teachers have got expertise and technical exercises and everything about that part of music and they can take your child through that journey. So as a parent, it's great for you to know that as well. So if a child is struggling with something, you can kind of remind them the bigger picture and why we're working on this. Yes, maybe we're learning a particular song that they may love or they may not really love or they may not have heard it before. It's not really about that one particular song. It's about the reason that we're learning that song is for a greater cause. Point number four is all about creating a great practice environment. And this is something really important. If I think back to the various places I've lived when I was at uni or when I used to live at home as a child and where I live now, at various points I've had probably better or worse experiences of a, a kind of a safe practice environment if you like um, and what I mean by safe I don't mean physically safe of course I mean a place where like a safe space where you feel confident to play your instrument you don't feel like you're annoying the neighbors or keeping anyone awake and if you make a mistake you don't feel like everyone's listening and judging you that's really important actually because I've been in those situations like in house shares at uni before for example or, or just after uni and it's like I don't really want to play my guitar because I don't want to make a mistake and everyone can hear it and it's embarrassing and they're all normal feelings for people to have. So what we want really for your child to be able to have a nice, safe um, environment where they don't feel intrusive and they can explore and play music and they have obviously the instruments and the equipment that they require as well. Another way to kind of encourage this practice is to kind of set up little performances so maybe something as simple as a family member is coming around next week or you've got a friend coming around why don't you show them what you've learned and for example I used to play guitar for my mom and dad at the end of every lesson the teacher would say go and get your mom and dad and we'll show them what we've learned and it was quite a cool little experience because you would practice knowing that you're going to have to show them and it's a good little bit of motivation and at GrooveLine we have things like that as well. So for example, we do summer band camps, which are really cool. So you, your child could come full time. So Monday to Friday, nine till three. So it's 30 hours of 
music each week. So it's really good fun. Um, and that's a, a reason to practice. And at the end of the week, we have a performance whereby we invite the parents and guardians to come and to come and see exactly what we've learned that week. And that's a great motivation. Last year, we had children who, as well as spending 30 hours a week in school during the holidays because they love music that much, they then went home in between the days and practiced for sometimes two hours a day. So someone's... I remember last year there was one child who was playing the bass and she probably practiced for about 40 hours that week. And now for a lot of children, if they're practicing an hour a week or less, it might take them a whole year to do 40 hours practice. And she did that in one week. And she, her progress really, really went through the roof and, and continues to do so. So things like that can really work. I will do a separate episode just about practicing and motivation and kind of setting up practice routines and things like that. The final point, point number five, is to educate yourself and learn some basics. So yes, you might not know how to play the guitar, and that's fine. You might not know how to play the piano or the drums. What you can do is educate yourself, and listening to this podcast is a great first step towards that. We've also, on our social medias, got some quick videos, top tips, some explainers, some blogs. But you could go on YouTube or Google and find things out as well. Having a basic understanding about rhythm, time values maybe a little bit about reading music or just about the anatomy of an instrument and basic techniques can be really helpful because although it's not going to mean yes you can play exactly what your child's trying to play but it means you can understand what it is they're trying to achieve and they are able to discuss with you and communicate using kind of some musical jargon if you like and you're going to understand what that means so there's my my top five tips just to recap top tip was to be their biggest cheerleader Tip number two was to talk about, listen to, and explore music outside of the music lessons. Tip number three was all about communicating with music teachers, both yourself and the pupil, your child. Number four was about creating a great practice environment. And number five was about educating yourself as well in order to, to be able to support your child. I just want to say thank you again for listening to this. The fact you've listened to this shows a certain commitment that you've got to your child's musical education. And so I really mean it when I say thank you for that, because your involvement is probably the single biggest factor that will determine how successful your child's musical education will be. So that's been my five top tips, and I hope to see you again in the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Heard It Through the Groove Line, the podcast that helps parents like you best support your children's musical education, even if you are not musical yourself. To find out more, you can follow us on social media and don't forget to hit like and subscribe.